About that time, about that time. About that time. Yes, about that time. Welcome to the jungle. The Auburn Men's Basketball Podcast. Holloway. Auburn Men, talking Auburn Men's Basketball. Auburn looking to push. Looks it up to Jalen Williams. No frills, no gimmicks, just ball. Katie Johnson's been a menace and continues to be. Now, here's your hosts, Matt Donaldson and Jackson Garrett. Yes, about that all right, we're just coming off a victory in Neville Arena, 78-63, a 15-point victory over Mississippi State. This could have been a trap game, but we avoided it, came out strong, went up immediately, kept up immediately. We were within the mat system most of the game. Uh, you know, we just stayed out, out of this trap and won another game at home. It's the, you know, we're, what, 14-1 and one at home this year or something like that. We only lost one game all year at home, and it also follows the same trend of we either lose or we win by double digits. We, every single victory this year was by double digits. So it's good to have another one. Matt, what'd you think? Yeah. I mean, Bruce frame, he always frames things so well. Um, and he was saying, this is the third best team we've played at home. And it's hard to argue against him. If you look at the numbers, uh, you know, it was Alabama, it was Kentucky. And then he would, he would argue Mississippi state's the third. So to see us come out, I think the big question was, how does this team respond to the gut punch they took in Knoxville? They played great. We all think they played great. But when you've exerted that kind of effort and Bruce and then the coaches were so intentional about we're playing for a championship in Knoxville tonight. Like we we feel like we need to win this one. You come up short, even though you play great. How do you respond? And how they responded is I think they gave up two points in the first six minutes. And I think that was on a fast break. So like they just didn't give up anything in the half court. They choked them off. Whoever had the scout tonight, I want to say it was Chad Pruitt and um, uh, Coach Williams, the new new coach. I think, I mean, we Mississippi State struggled all night to get into good looks in their offense. So credit to our guys and our depth, like you mentioned before we start recording, really comes through for us. And it's just good to see us. Again, It's we take for granted, right? I mean, 22 wins by double digits. And we've been disappointing in the quad one games and on the road. We've missed some opportunities, but like, this is pretty rare stuff. And against Mississippi State's an NCAA tournament team as of today, pretty comfortably. So this is a really good win. I don't want people to sell it short, you know? Yeah, we, we locked them down in the first half. I was really hoping we could keep them under 20 uh, going into halftime. And it was a close one. I think they scored their 20th point like a minute left in the first half. And he up scoring 22 in the first half. So we locked them down. They had a great second half, though, 41 points from them. But they were trying to catch it the whole time, shot a lot of threes, hit a bunch of them. So it was definitely uh, you know, a little flip in the second half. They they did get it down to uh, a, a, a single-point game. What was it, an a eight-point game at one point? Yep. Yeah, so they, they got seven, yeah. So they, they had a little run where they came back. But I, I, you know, I freak out usually in some of those runs. But even during that one, I didn't really freak out. I felt like they were, like, putting every bit of effort they had in it, and they were about to run out. And then we had, like, a TV timeout. And some of the guys in the chat were like, uh-oh, are we going to let this whole thing go? And I was like, nah, they look gassed. We're going to put our next guys in, and we're it's next up for us. And for them, they're subbing some of their best players out. And that's what happened. We just built it right back up to another, what, 15, 16-point lead. Yeah. I, th- I think the great point, and I think the reason you felt that way, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you know, when you watch enough basketball, there's just certain teams that kind of like that Alabama team is scary. When you're, It doesn't matter if you're up 15 or 20. Don't connect. 
very scary. That Kentucky team with those athletes, you just can't ever get comfortable. And Mississippi State is a defensive-minded, tough team. And it, when you go up double digits that early, it's just – you're right. It's You feel a little more comfortable. I'm a little disappointed how we came out in the second half defensively and kind of gave them life, like you said. I know that's how it goes. They're a good team. They're a tournament team. But, like, we kind of played with fire a little bit. But then, like you said, the response was really good um, to kind of put the game away late. Well, yeah, I was looking down the list of the box score here. And I don't know for sure who I'm going to pick for MVP. I don't I don't feel like anybody, like, just from the vibe of the game, I wasn't sure. Like, there was nobody was like, okay, we know who it's going to be. It felt like I need to look at the box score to figure it out, basically. I don't know if you have any, like, strong thoughts on who you think MVP is going to be. You know, not – I don't have super strong thoughts. I have a lean. Um, I, I, I lean towards a guy who – maybe was MVP once this year and, and he's just been quietly doing his work uh, in all these games on both ends. I've sung his praises on the defensive end, even though we thought he was a scorer. Denver Jones, I think was really good tonight. He played extra minutes because Katie didn't play for a long time in the first half, which maybe we'll figure out why. Uh, so he played the most minutes tonight, three, three pointers, um, you know, three of five. He, he, he shot double digit times for the, I want to say maybe the first time in a long time he took 11 shots, 15 points. And I just think he, he added four rebounds. He did a lot of little things, but he's just so he's an adult in the room. And I, I've said that when Jalen went down and the more I've watched him, there's just a lot of Jalen to him. He's kind of quiet. He does his job. His perimeter defense is just, I, I'm shocked by how good he is. And, and he did a really good job. And I think he's just a steadying force. And he's one of those dudes that we like I think you said in our group chat like if he can he, he's he's shown that he can do this against good teams and I think you want as many guys who can get shots and hit shots and play good defense in March and uh, we're in March now and I think Denver played really well today no I was I was wondering if you were going to pick him too I mean I think maybe it's between two people him or Janai Broom it feels yeah. like when it's like a team effort like this the default's kind of Janai Broom just because he's so impressive he's our team leading scorer He's just, I mean, he also had a great game tonight. I think I'm leaning towards Denver also. A big part of that reason is, you know, three three of five from three-point range, and he hit some big ones when it mattered where it felt like, oh, maybe they'd go on a little run or something, mm -hmm. and bam, he would hit it at three. He had a couple stretches there where he was stealing the ball, making great plays. Mm -hmm. He didn't finish some of his shots, so he ended with 15 points. But, man, if he had just finished one or two of his shots that we thought might would be finished, you know, it would have been a different – it would have been MVP for sure. So that, that's the only reason why is he missed a layup or two. But no, I, well, I really thought, about... and then another big reason why that three of five from three is a big deal is some of our regular three point shooters didn't make one tonight. So it was a big deal. We ended up 47% from three tonight. A big reason that that is, is because of Denver Jones. So we had a lot of like backup players hit some threes. We had a, a, a Lear Berman three Cheney Johnson surprisingly went two for two from three. That was big. Uh, you know, but mm -hmm. like Jalen Williams didn't have a three uh, Aiden Holloway didn't shoot a single shot. All, no, he ended up shooting one shot. Dang, it's on the box score. It was there. the Dylan Dylan Cardwell dunk finish off his miss. Uh, oh sort of. man, I I I thought we were gonna make it all the way through the box score. Aiden didn't shoot a, a a single basket until about a minute or two left in the entire game. But it just felt like we didn't have some of our regular three point shooters. Trey didn't hit one. Uh, I don't know who else didn't hit. Broom actually did get one in here, which he's become kind of regular score. Either way, it felt like if without those threes that he hit this game could have changed a lot. The way that we played offense could have changed a lot. The motivation and the attitude this team had could have changed a lot because he kept hitting those threes to just keep 
basically put the foot down on the neck to say, no, 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 y'all aren't coming back. No, 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 I'm here, you know? Yeah, and, and you got to give a couple things on that. Mississippi State, you know, every team has their elite things. This team, this Auburn team, we think great off the bench, the depth, great assist numbers, and good defense, like really good defense. That's kind of our team's things this year. Uh, Mississippi State's thing is they are third in America out of 365 teams or however many um, in three-point defense. They give up 28.5% a game from three at for the year. And for us to shoot 47%, I know we're in Neville, but you're right. Somebody's got to hit those shots. They're going to kind of give you those shots in a way. Um, and, and they just they do a good job of knowing who to be up on. And some of those threes Denver hit were tough, but we did get a lot of good looks. I just And then the other thing I was going to say about Denver – is this um this this i feel like he's making the extra pass too like there's a couple of times he passed out and i'm noticing a really good thing there are a lot of times if somebody misses the open pass or doesn't give one more there's multiple guys on the bench talking about it with the player right afterwards when they're going into a tv timeout or something so there's just and i think denver and jalen and some of these guys do a really good job of emphasizing that you know and you saw a ton Lead, of leading the looks. way as a leading the way as adults on those yeah yeah you ton a ton of open looks today i thought we got really good looks i thought our offense was was good and we hit like you said there's nothing more fun than hitting open threes right and denver was a part of that and what what a difference from a year ago i mean 47 percent from three would have just blown anything away that we did last year 76 percent from us oh, free throws 50 percent from the field so it's, it's just been fun to watch us hit stuff there's kd hit an open shot today from three and man last year how infuriating was it when we'd finally get that open shot and all day and like all the time in the world and just miss them every single time and this time usually there's been many many examples now when kd has that open shot he hits them and he went one of four today but like in general i feel good now when i see one of our guys with an open three shot can we, can we talk about Janai too? Like you said, I mean, he he's just so solid. He's right on his season average with 17. I think, yeah, he, he led our team in scoring, led our team in rebounding. You know, last game he led our team in those two and assists. He's just so good in only 25 minutes. Um, but I think maybe his biggest um, contribution was the battle he had against Tolu Smith and some of those big aggressive bodies inside. He really did a good job standing up. Um, I, you know, Smith got some numbers in the second half, but – uh, Janai continues to impress me with um, how he handles the big dudes. Cause sometimes there's a tendency for people to say Janai kind of struggles when he goes up against bigger, stronger dudes, but he, I think he holds his own and just plays so solid on both ends. So if I was making an argument for Janai for MVP, I think I would almost focus more on the defensive end. Although you're mm-hmm. right. He had a three at a key, key point um, wide open at the top of the key. And just, just him being able to hit that shot in clutch moments is huge. He's got some amazing, like we were, you know, cheering for him and and gloating over him in our, in our text group at one point. I mean, he's driving from the three point line at times. He's shooting and hitting open threes. He's got these amazing touch on his ball. He he dealt with a lot of contact this game and Mm -hmm. still had all these just shifty moves where he might have to fight through one of the biggest, strongest guys on the court. And it's still just kind of sneaks in the goal. It feels like doesn't shots kind of feel like that. Sometimes they sneak in the goal. He just mm-hmm. has just that little bit of touch, barely gets over the rim, hits the backboard at the very lowest point and goes in. It's just, it even can roll around the rim. It's that soft touch that so many players at his size do not have. And so it's been super impressive. I feel like you can make an argument for Janai for MVP almost every night. And so it's like tough to like not get, like you always at the end of the year don't want to look up and like 
have like basically had too high expectations for him, you know? So it's like he could definitely win MVP tonight, but I totally agree with the Denver one too. And I think that's the direction I want to go. And maybe, and I just, I want to get that out there. There is a bias there that we just expect so much from Jani. For sure. All right. We aren't impressed with 17 and six leading our team in scoring. Uh, and, and it's like if Cardwell, do, if Cardwell did this and Janai did what Cardwell <laughs> did, we would be like, Oh my God, Cardwell, give him 10 yeah. MVP, you yeah. know, but like, it's because it's Janai. We like, don't give him quite the credit he deserves, but still, yeah. I still want to give it to Denver. I still think he's our guy. Right. All right. I, I, would me, agree. I got my red mop vodka. It's a Saturday. Charles Barkley had his his birthday last week. He's officially on Instagram. If you guys want to follow him, he's still our white whale. Come on the podcast, uh, Charles Barkley. This one's for you, Red Mount Vodka. This one's for Auburn, and this one's for Denver Jones as MVP. Oregon, everybody, <laughs> love it. Love the love the tradition. Um, so I did want to mention about Janai just just quietly. I think he's like third or fourth in the nation in Ken Palm Player of the Year. Ken Palm not only does team ranking, but they also do player ranking. So Denver if you believe Jones? In no, no, uh, Janai. Janai. Yeah, no, that Janai. makes sense. That makes he's, sense. He's, he's very underrated. Yeah, like so he's on some watch list for National Player of the Year, but he's not going to get obviously. He's he's, well, he's not just, gonna get... he's not getting that ESPN NBA draft pick hype. No, and that's what it no. comes down to. It's a really great college basketball player but unless you have that combination of great college basketball player and really high in nba prospect like top 10 pick style they're not going to give you the love there's been so mm-hmm. many examples of that of guys that are great players and, and unless you are doing some sort of insane like who was the guy at byu jimmer fredette style yeah. honestly i don't want to get into race stuff but if you're a white boy that's hitting a lot of shots and is on social media and stuff then you get some love too but if you're just like a really great college basketball player that lives below the rim you're just not going to get the love yeah no i agree how about a couple stats block party was back nine blocks to two we love that we we obviously shot well from three i mean that was a big uh, part of why we locked him down on defense the block party yeah. was in in effect for sure. We had, that first half, I mean, we forced 10 turnovers in the first half. We won turnovers. We always talk about that. 19 assists, another just stellar number on 28 makes tonight. We Our move, ball movement, just never take it for granted. Go back and watch that film of last year like like we talked about. It's, it's not a given in this offense still. It may not be Kentucky's offense. It may not be Alabama's offense, but it's good. I mean, I, it, it's better than we stay. Have. There's a lot, and we can put it on our own Instagram. I think we've done it several times. There's a couple people – this year it feels like it feels like more this year than usual people are, are passing around these graphics and uh, maybe it's because we're good i'm just seeing them or whatever but they're passing around these graphics about what teams are really in it uh you know there was some earlier in the year about who was in the ap poll at a certain time there's certainly blue chip factors one is this like trapezoid of, yeah. of great teams and you have the really fast teams and the really slow teams then you have this trapezoid at the top of like good at both defense and offense and scores enough points, and we have just consistently stayed in that trapezoid. So, yeah, we're not the same like, offense that Alabama and Kentucky is that scores like crazy, but they can also be stopped if they don't get to play their kind of play style, and we've kind of proven mm-hmm. that we can win in several different ways. Now, they've both had some really big victories over great mm-hmm. teams, and we just have not really had that. I think our best victory of the year is at home against Alabama, which is a really good yep. team, but they're still – I think they're a top 15 team and not a top five team like some other ones. And I was at home. Could have been nice to get a big away win at some point like that Tennessee one. I think I still feel good that we're good enough to get that win. But it's starting to get weird that we have not won 
against a great team like that when we think we're this good and that we haven't won in single digits. It's starting to yep. – like you don't want to get this late in the year with it. And honestly, with the last two games we have left, it'll be not a good thing if we win those by single digits. So we kind of missed that opportunity <laughs> in the season. But maybe in the SEC tournament, that could be a, a switch on. They're like, hey, we can pull that off. But it'll be something to watch if, for sure. If you're looking for po- – well, yeah. So the, the thing with this team, I mean, Auburn's consistently been a top 10, top 7, top 5 national team in all these analytical metrics, which I'm a nerd. I like them. I believe in them. I think they say that – like you said, they say that you have a good chance to be a good team. The number holding Auburn right back, back right now is 1-7 in, in quad one games. Because and, and but six of those have been neutral side or away, so we've we've had those games away. So uh, app so we State, say two quad two quad ones at home, Alabama, Kentucky. One, I mean well, only one one, one of those, win. but two opportunities. Two, two at home, yeah. Alabama, Kentucky. Now Mississippi State's thirty one. If and now they lose today, if they end up in the top thirty, that's a quad one win. South but, Carolina might win the freaking SEC, and that's not going to be a quad one win. <laughs> I mean, I guess they, they get, still got two big games left, right? They still play unless, two more. Unless they get from 41 to 30. So, like, so they would if they play. They still play Kentucky and Tennessee, right? Yeah. The, the problem this late in the year is there's so many games that, that it doesn't overwhelm the body of work. So it takes mm-hmm. a lot to move that much late in the season. But my point in all this is if you're one and seven's the number, that's why Lunardi had us as a five seed and we're a five national Ken Palm team. Like, so there's a big. Uh, change our change our name to Duke or UNC or Kansas or Indiana. Who any of those? Well, that look, we're not a five seed anymore. One and seven in quad one is not good. I mean, like no, but not, yeah. the reason we're one and seven. Though I want to be clear, Baylor beat Kansas today. They're a top fifteen team. App State is twenty five and six, and they're going to win their league. So that loss is has been quad one for a while. So that that ends up being a better loss. We still wish we would have gotten it. Mississippi State is one of our worst losses on the road. They're 31 in the net. They're in the tournament. Uh, you lose at Tennessee, no shame in that. You lose at Alabama, no shame in yeah, that. But we also we have no quad two losses, right? It's just Correct. quad one losses. That's all Correct. we have. Correct. So it's like another one that's interesting. One. I mean, we talked about it before the SEC started. We might even talk about it before the whole season started. We knew our floor was high. We knew we had some really solid college basketball players. But what our question was is, do we have a, enough star power to, to beat a great team? We saw what happened when you have a connect on your team. Like, we, I still feel like we could have won that game, but they just had a star that said, absolutely not. I'm going to make sure we win single-handedly. I think as a team, we were a better team than they were. They just they had that star power, and we did not have that star power. So you wonder what's going to happen when we start playing these great teams in the tournament or both tournaments. And then you wonder, too, we could, and we'll definitely talk about this in our NCAA preview guard play. It's all right right now. We just gave the MVP to one of our guards. I hope that continues. But March is for guards, and we don't really have great guards on this team. So that, that I mean, that's just something everyone's been saying for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Do you want to win March Madness? Do you want to win these tournaments? You got to have a great guards, and you can like lose games in the regular season, but guards turn it on in March Madness. Yeah. So even last year, you know, you can go back to one of our favorite guys to talk about Javon McCormick, right? How much better he got. And by the time March, he was a threat. Now, do I believe that Trey can do what he did? Last? Yeah. I saw him in the NCAA tournament last year, be amazing and, and play great. Uh, I still think Aiden Holloway can hit threes and hit big shots for us in March. I'm crazy. I know. And, but you're right. Do, would you consider Chad Baker Mazzara uh, a guard? 
oh, I don't know, at six six at three position, yeah, small forward. My, my argument would be he's playing in this offense like a guard. He's he's playing outside. He's he's hitting threes at a high level. He's it, it, Don connected. You know, Don yeah. connects it bigger and plays the same position as CBM. I guess would be my point. Does he count as like a, a weapon as a guard in your mind? I don't know because what you what they what they're talking about when they're talking about guards being great in March is it seems like all these great upsets and all the times these great teams are struggling and someone just has to go off. It's usually a shooting guard or a point guard and they go off or about on 20. the ball. Yeah, they're on the yeah. ball. They're taking it up the court and they're saying absolutely no. They're just coming up and hitting a three or they're driving the ball. And those tough two points. Yeah, and they're getting like twenty five points a game. And like you look up and like that's who led this team to the final four was this guy that like magically like averaged 20 plus in every game and just got so hot from three and was shooting 40% from the and CBM like he could do that. It would just be extremely unlikely. (laughs) So it's usually some of these great guards in the in the in the mid majors and even great teams. I mean, you you worry about a guy like Mark Sears at Alabama. They just get hot in the right time in March and hit, like I said, 40% plus from three, start hitting 25 points every game in March Madness and say absolutely not. And and you saw what happened with, with Connect in our game. They He got hot, and they just yeah. fed oh. him. And he went and got yeah. it all over the court. And not yeah. everybody's going to be Connect, but you see yeah. this in March. You see this in March in the last, like, five minutes of the game, last four minutes of the game. They just get it to their best player, and yeah. the, everyone's so locked in, and there's so much chaos and so much people flying around that you have to have that guy that's just better than everybody else on the other team to go make it happen. And I don't know if we have that or not, but. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, we don't, uh, I've never seen anybody like connect. So I, I hate to, well, that put was, that. you're right. You're I mean, right. I, that was unbelievable. So I hate to put that on anybody, but, but you're right. I mean, I think it's fair. And Bruce has clearly in his whole career, he's bet on, his 10 being better than your seven, it's shown a lot of results in the regular season. He's gotten Tennessee to their only elite eight ever. He's gotten us to our only, like, I don't think if we lose, it's, it's necessarily a bat. And because everybody assumes that we just are going to get these guys. Like we just find one of those guys who's a generational scorer. Now you're right. The smaller schools sometimes have those guards that have the ball. They've been preparing for this moment their whole life and they go off. And I, my argument would be with these guards, I don't think there's a guy who can do that for three straight games to get to the elite eight. I do think we have guys who can do that in an individual game and get us to the next round. So I get, so I, I, I think CBM could be, do that. CBM could do that. I agree. Denver. I don't know. He hasn't shown it. I mean, I think he had one game with a 20 plus night, but I've not seen him like have a game where it's like mine, give me the ball. Well, okay. I'm going to do it. And none then, of the, none None of our guys are going to be that guy. So if that's the CBM argument, could right. be that guy. CBM was that guy that in the Georgia game, in my opinion. They knew he was hot, oh, and they fed him the yeah. ball. So yeah. I think he but, could theoretically do it. He's the only one that's really shown that he can do it. We hoped Aiden could be that guy. It's just not how it is. So mm-hmm. we'll talk more about Aiden. March later. We'll have our, our, our instantly preview. There's a couple storylines we could talk about here, and you could pick which one you want to talk about. Uh, Aiden not shooting the entire game. KD being really late coming into the game or yeah. Lior going down with a knee injury, which one do you want to talk about? Uh, let's do Lior. I mean, I, I think Lior had beat out Chris Moore for the, the three backup minutes. We've, we started CBM and Jalen. So Jalen was back in the lineup today. CBM kept starting, which we all knew would happen. Um, but he, he was getting those minutes and he was playing really well. And it looks like he 
tore his knee up. We've we've proven lately that we don't always know. And it sometimes when it looks bad, it's not as bad, but it looked really bad. And you just hate it. You hate it for him. And we love his story. We love his game. And um, he was that Swiss Army knife even today when KD, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, when KD didn't come in in his normal rotation, you just slide Lior to the two. If he hadn't played too much, it's about the same in this offense, which I talk about all the time. But just having a guy who you can put out there and he can play. And uh, it it doesn't – look, let's not – there's going to be people who freak out. Oh, we don't have Leor. Now Chris Moore has to play. It's fine. It's not a big deal. I hate it for Leor. It's and fine, I hate but that- it, it is a shame that it felt like Leor had grabbed the bull by the horns in the last yeah. two games, and, yeah. and they, they had shrank Chris Moore's minutes. And it really felt like, wow, Leor might be good for a couple points a game, and he's yeah. playing good defense. And that is for Leor, for your 10th or 11th guy – yeah, awesome. Especially when Chris Moore's falling off so badly, and it, it felt like I think we have a backup three that we can feel okay with. And he was playing more and more minutes, so just yeah. really sad to see him go down. It's 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 all that, but we all know too. It's this great narrative too of this like Jewish basketball player that like comes in, and you can tell the other teams don't believe that he's going to be a good player, and he always proves like he is. And it felt like I was starting to form that narrative in my head. Wow, in his senior season. He kind of took the bull by the horns and maybe he'll do something special in our, like one of these tournaments that like puts his name on something, you know, but uh, it'll be so sad. Other, if that's how it ends. The other sucky thing. I mean, how about that five point run he had uh, against Tennessee where Jalen hit him with a sick fast break pass. And he, that's what I'm saying. And he, he, he felt three. like he, yeah, uh, felt like he but, was really like, it looked, he looked confident out there. Yeah, like he was yeah. like, if you're going like, to give me an inch, I'll take it a mile. And like people don't believe in him, and I, I was starting to uh, uh, stories like this happen in March, you know. Yeah. Even if it's just a story on your team, we still talking about McCormick right now. We yeah. were just talking about earliest yeah. podcast yeah. where these guys turn a corner a bit in the right time and just do a couple things right where you didn't expect them, and all of a sudden their name gets mentioned in podcast three years later. So you just, yeah. I'll be sad if that's it for him. But even a nagging injury, even just a little twist this late in the year, can be really tough. Which. Uh, yeah, shame. which amazing that Jalen's like starting and playing again. You know, like it, it's it's amazing given what that looked like. I, I don't think we're going to be as lucky with Leor, and it does suck for all the reasons you mentioned. Uh, and the other sucky part, I hate to like go this big picture with it, but if if it is an ACL or whatever knee stuff, I mean that could affect whether he's back at Auburn with a COVID year or whether he's playing overseas. Mm-hmm. Something like that could affect him next year. I mean, like that takes. I know he's- it's gotten better and it's faster now the recovery, but like. It it's so late in the year, and I I, mean, I would have cheered for him honestly. And it's sad that it happened, like you said again, overseas. All that any of these guys are like borderline, whatever they want to do next. Those late season injuries really hurt him so badly. And what I would have cheered for him to do, I would love for him to come back another year at Auburn and be that eleventh guy again, that tenth, ninth guy, whatever. Yep. What I would have cheered for him to do is go to one of these like hot mid major programs and start and show what he can do and get that team to march. Like, I, I don't even know what level necessarily, but you see these, like, I don't know, VCUs, Creighton's, mm-hmm. like all that. Maybe that's even too high, but, like, I would love to see him starting on a mid-major scoring 20-plus a night or whatever, you know. Yeah, we'll see. Because that's what nah, he deserves. That... He, he's stuck around in Auburn and played backup roles when he could be a starter at a smaller school. And he's gotten to see big boy basketball and see the atmospheres and be – a, a large college hero. I would have loved to seen a fifth year at a smaller school. There's, there's nothing you hate to see more. I mean, I was at that sweet 16 game when Chuma went down and I, it, it is as 
gut punch. I know we don't know these kids. We don't know the players, but when you watch them every game, you, like you said, I think we do a great job on this podcast of talking about the, the players, their roles, the narratives, the, the things, and you feel like you're, they're part of your world in these 30 plus games, you know, and obviously the that's what we love about college good. basketball, right? That's what we love yeah. about is watching these kids grow. So we hurt when they hurt and we cheer when they cheer. Yeah. And that's just, why we just, love the sport. Just stunk, man. Stunk seeing him on the floor, banging the floor, like fighting back the the pain. You know, like it's just, it, it's yeah, terrible. He had so. a very visceral, if you didn't watch very like outburst, he was down, didn't even attempt to get up. And then, they flashed the camera over him. He slammed his hand on the court two or three times and yelled out in pain. It was very sad to see. And yeah. then, like, I don't think he – they never showed him getting up or whatever, but he wasn't even attempting to get up at all, yeah. which really so, sucks. And when the, when, that, the transfer, when the transfer portal is right – I'm a big proponent, and this is zoom back a little bit, but I like to do my rants. That's why I have a podcast. Grad transfers was an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. It was it was it it rewarded players for graduating school, which is what we should be concentrating on. I know that's silly, but like to some people, but like if this is about like college athletes, grad transfer was a great idea. It gave people kids an opportunity, like Leor, that went to a bigger school and were walk on and proved they should have been a starter at a smaller school. It gives them the opportunity to go down a level, go be that man at that school. It gives players at smaller schools. They should have been recruited from big schools and then showed what they could do with a smaller one to come up for a year and show what they can do at a bigger school. That's why I love the grad transfer year. And that's something I would have loved to see from Lior this year going down and up. Now we have the the transfer every year thing. So it's going to be all over the place. But that was just a little rant about like if Lior had done that, if he had gone mm-hmm. down a level and left, that's the guy you cheer for. We would have been we would have done a Leor update every couple podcasts of like how much he's scoring, what he's up to. Now, when I do like a transfer update, it's usually to like dunk on some of these kids that should not have transferred. <laughs> but like Leor would have been a happy one. And I love when we have a happy transfer. You know, I think people at UAH are loving that Cheney Johnson transferred to Auburn and he's getting his chance in his junior or senior year to go up a level. I think those kind of transfers people are happy about. Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I mean, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, hopefully we'll get some confirmation in the next couple of days how he's doing, but brutal. What were your other storylines? Aiden not so shooting? Now, now I'm going to pick by the one I want to okay. do. Okay. Aiden did not shoot pretty much the entire game till right in the last minute or two. He just played solid point guard minutes, brought that ball up the court, passed the ball, and we won by 15 points. Mm-hmm. And it was, I, and there was never a time where I was like, Aiden, you should have shot that. He stayed right. within the offense and made right. the passes, and we kept ending up with opening open three-point shooters. It's tough. I mean, we've had point guards in the past where we needed them to hold on to the ball and get a score. We do mm-hmm. not need that in this team. We have proven it over how many games have we played now? 30 games? Almost. Almost 30 games that we do not need our guards to be score first. We need to get the ball to Jalen, Janai, CBM, or to an open guard after passing the ball around. So to see that happen tonight, that Aiden just passed that ball around and we ended up with lots of great open shots was great to see. When Jalen went down, I said, okay, sure, let's get Aiden shooting again. We're going to need another scoring threat. Jalen is back and he didn't shoot and our offense looked great. Trey tonight, uh, he didn't have some great night either. He was two of six from the field, oh of one from three. Fine. It was a very, if he's not going to have like some big night or anything, it was a quiet one. I never 
saw the ball stick in either of our point guards hands. And I have in the last couple of games, not badly, not very often, not like last year with Wendell, not like years before, but there was one or two times in the last couple of games, you would really recognize that, Oh, Trey, why did you not make that pass? Why did you just hold on to it? Oh, now you're locked in. You saw there's 10 seconds left on the shot clock. And now you're just going to have to go get yours. Okay, fine. Well, you, that's the only reason you had to go get yours with 10 seconds less because you did not make that pass a second ago. Same with Aiden at times. And then Aiden more often getting bad early threes. So anyways, that's a long story to say. It's really interesting that he didn't take a shot tonight when all year long he took shots. And I'm totally cool with it. And now that Jalen's back, I would love to continue that. And the only time I want to see him shooting is if it's a pass that's coming to him and he's open. Sure, sure. I, I think that's the – now, first of all, We've been at our best this year when our point guards have that crazy assist to turnover ratio because assists have driven this team offensively. You know, Trey, six assists, zero turnovers in 19 minutes. The ball, he had some great passes. I thought he had a really good segment in the first half when we extended the lead. I thought he played really well. By the way, we, we led wire to wire again. We didn't trail the whole game, We which is great. But uh, seven assists, one turnover from our point guards. It's like, that's really good. And I think... The, you hit the nail on the head of like this whole offense other than Janai and Jalen and getting it to him. The, the rest of it to me is classic, like high school coaching in basketball of like, we just want to get good shots. So I'm not as concerned. And I think that's why I push back a little bit. And you and I have like disagreements about Aiden. Um, he has to take everybody on this team except for, well, I mean, honestly, just about except Cardwell at the three point line and maybe Chris Moore everybody else has to shoot when you're open and we work so hard to get a good look you cannot pass it up so uh, sure are there one or two shots a game where Aiden maybe comes off a screen he's got a good look he's a really good shooter he's struggled a lot I give him more grace in that than you might but I I agree this is a classic game of when you've got 10 or 11 guys there's going to be days like that And, and I thought his defense continues to get better I thought he played I thought he played a good game um, we're going to need him to hit some shots. I, I just believe that in my core to win some of these games, like you're talking about, um, we're going to need it. Now you just have to hope he's building confidence, being a good point guard and then being ready when his number is called. Uh, I, I'm cool with it too. I mean, I, I'm cool with anybody. I'm a Jalen guy. So I'm, I'm cool with, with people disappearing for the team's benefit. Like I'm, I'm all yeah. about that. With two games left in the regular season, I'm just, you know, there's still this thought and you're you're still expressing it. We've expressed it all year that we think we need Aiden to be good, to hit some shots, to win some games in March. And we just got done to having this big, long ramp about how we need guards in March. But with two games left the regular season, Aiden is not that guy that I need to step up. It'll have to be somebody else. It'll have to be Denver. It'll have to be Trey, KD. But doesn't even. it depend? Doesn't it I'm depend just, on the game and the matchup and how the shots come? After uh, with the you you get a, you got almost thirty games and I just don't I don't think Aiden needs to think that he might be the guy to do that I think Trey can I really think Denver can if I'm gonna pick a guy I'm like yeah we need somebody to make some shots keep beating Denver Denver's got a really solid three point shot that he's shown over and over again I think he's shooting forty percent probably from three I don't know we, I would love to see the season stats on him but uh, I'll give Trey I'll give Trey this also he did it twice this game great jump shots from Trey. I was saying that the only guy I'm cool with taking a jump shot is CBM. But yeah. Trey, after seeing him hit it twice this game, I was like, you know what? He has to hit that all year long. He basically yeah. like fakes it three, drives in and stops early and hits that jump shot. And it's it's been very high percentage from him. 
What I don't want from anybody is long twos. And what he and CBM are doing are kind of these like almost borderline uh, floaters, but they're actual shots that they pull off because they can they can go and stop quick enough to do that. And I'm totally cool with that. And that's what small point guards need to do. We've shown that Denver, Aiden, and somewhat Trey cannot drive very well. They get blocked mm-hmm. every single time, which, man, we got too used to Jared being able to finish those. And now we're kind of realizing, I think, that these small point guards don't usually finish those. So you do need to develop those those uh, those floaters or a little jump shot like that. So I'm cool with Trey shooting those. That's, you know, that might be my own rant, my own thing in my head. No one else cares about that, but that's what I care about. Mm-hmm. And the other, the other thing to talk about is uh, KD's late yeah. entrance. What do you he think? He was the 11th guy. He was the 11th guy to play. We come out of the first TV timeout. Everybody, I wasn't aware of anything. I don't think anybody else was. You know, we played in Knoxville less than 72 hours ago. I didn't know of anything happening then. And you just could tell right away. Cause the reason I could tell is because um, CBM and Leor were playing together. And I was like, oh. And they, they took Denver out at that first TV timeout. And I was like, that's interesting. Um, and then they put Chris Moore in for CBM and we're playing Leo and Chris Moore at the two and three. And it's like, what's going on here? KD did come in with like 10 or nine or 10 minutes left in the first half. He only played nine minutes, um, hit a big open three, missed a couple others that were good looks. Uh, I thought they were pretty good looks. One was bad, but uh, it's weird. He looked fine. He looked healthy. Um, Bruce is doing his interview right now. So I don't know. I have not seen, I just checked. I haven't seen any update about that. It was weird. We've seen it happen in KD's career before where he's randomly been suspended for a half or, and you just, you, with him, you never know. I hate yeah. to say it, but you just don't know. Just from hanging out and talking to people, like I don't, I'm not on the message boards. I'm not in Auburn, but the vibe I get is that he's just an interesting guy yep. and he doesn't always follow stuff. And he, 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 you know, on the court, he lives emotionally and on his sleeve and it feels like off the court too. He's a little bit yep. of a, a, what do they call it? Loose cannon kind of thing. So every time he, he's had several of these through the last three years where it's like he doesn't play for a half or he plays, he doesn't start or like today where he comes in like three or four rotations in, it feels like the staff's attempt to like not gentle parent him, but like, mm-hmm. Hey, if you're, you're on my list of like, Hey, you come late to something, you have an outburst of some sort. You don't, fit in with the team because you have some sort of thing where you don't do that. We're going to do something about that each time. And I think they're trying to be proportionate about it. This is all guessing of course. And I'm just, but that's fan podcast for you. It feels yeah. like they're just trying to have proportional ways to like keep KD from getting too far one way or the other. I, I can't imagine it's nothing like it was weird enough that like, yeah. I, I can't, I have to imagine there's, I'm not, sometimes Jackson, you can be a bit of a conspiracy guy, but that was weird. Like that was just weird. I think if you've watched this team all year, it was different. And I hope somebody asked him about it and I will, uh, we would see if he would answer it or not, but you're right. It's not the cool thing about KD is I think he can like, he was frustrated in the first half. They took him out. I think he had missed an open three that he was mad about. And I'm sure he didn't like playing nine minutes, but um you know, it is what thought, it is. Yeah. and hope you hopefully he can just be himself. Like, because again, I, I continue to call him one of our seven. And you know, if I have a concern like you, I mean, we had four guys in double figures, 
but Aiden with zero, I call him a weapon. I know I'm crazy, and you would probably disagree. I think he's one of our Every seven game's weapons. In. You just, yeah. Well, I mean, again, I, I'm leaving out Leor, Dylan, and Chris Moore, and then I well Cheney. Cheney's probably. I want to talk about CBM and Cheney uh, more than anything else. I think those are the things we well, haven't let, talked about. Somebody it. in the uh, chat, Connor Feemster said, uh, "Where do you go with it?" Somebody wanted to talk about CBM mouthing up, which he might have oh. deleted it, honestly. Anyways, Please. but it's a good good thing to talk about anyway. CBM had some interesting moments tonight where he got very excited and like I don't think I think he got this. a tech and they like played with his hands behind his back like they were handcuffed. And like it got really sorry, Matt. Sorry, I think I it blew up your thing. No, I'm just dying. It 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 physically pained me it, because <laughs> Look, I've been wrong about a lot of CBM's game. He clearly is very important to this team. Um, he is, but he, I, I just think people who are big proponents of him need to look at it. I think it's a classic expectations thing, like you said. Like, we weren't sure what to expect from him. He's been really good. He's been what we needed at the three a lot of games. Like, he's been, he's been awesome. Sure, he has some deficiencies on the ball defensively. And tonight he turned it over four times and fouled out. Uh, and, but the biggest problem, and I just want to imagine if KD did this and him and KD are tied and they, I think KD has been a great guy for him, but if KD got a foul, that was a foul. And then just completely out of nowhere overreacted. And it's one thing to be cute and put your hands behind your back when you're running back down court, like, Hey, I'm not going to touch them. But when you're guarding their best player on the ball and you decide to do it in half court and he drills a three in your face when the game is like, <laughs> It's early second half. They've already hit a couple shots. That's just terrible. That's awful. And then another thing, he's drawn these fouls all year where he flies around, it flops his body. It's actually, it his lightness helps in that way. But like, and then you throw the ball at a dude, like when you got the foul that you wanted, like it's just, and, and you, it's a tech and it goes the other way. It's just, I know those things helped keep Mississippi State in the game. It didn't matter. But if KD did that, or if Janai did that, but that combination of events, I think we'd be torching him. Uh, yeah. Either of those guys, any I of our leaders. Well, yeah, definitely both Jonai and KD are on a shorter leash, in my opinion, for techs and like talking back to the refs because KD just plays so crazy. We all know he's already, like you said, like he came in late this game because he he did something to be late this game, and maybe we'll be roasted in the comments later because we'll find out he had some injury <laughs> or something. I don't know. But Jonai also hilarious. I don't know what it is because he's not like as emotional in the court. But Joe Nye might have collected more texts than any of them. He got so many random texts no, over the last two he, years. Look, he's a whiner. He he's a yeah. talker and a whiner. I think that's fair. He's gotten better this year. My point is, CBM, if you're going to be the leader, and if people are calling him one of the leaders on this team, and he's been terrific. I mean, but and Bruce sat him for ten minutes after that. By the way, like it oh, was really? not just it's not just me reacting. Go back and watch when he came back in. He was out for eight minutes, I think, in the second half consecutive after he threw the ball at Tolu Smith. So um, it didn't hurt us, and he needs to learn he, from it. He's still he's still learning at this level. But I thought his th – that stuff is selfish. Yeah. That is a that is selfish basketball. Well, they, they always – most coaches will say, too, don't complain to the refs, don't do this whole thing, I'll do it. And Bruce is going to do it. So if it's justified, Bruce will go out there and do it. So, like – CBM does not have to do it. And maybe that's he's taking after his coach even by complaining like Look, that. But like Bruce will Bruce will have your back. Don't worry. No, he got a tech because he threw the ball at a guy. It's not because well, he too. was complaining. 
I mean, he can. You can complain these days as much as you want. Like that, the days of getting a tech for for talking is is you have to do a lot to get a tech for talking. But you can't turn around and throw the ball at a at a, at a good player on the other team and, and get mad about it and then be shocked that you get a technical. Like it's not rocket science. Yeah. Well, what do you want to talk about next? Anything else with CBA? Chaney. I mean, Chaney. I want to talk about Cheney. Cheney is getting a lot more confident. He's hit. He had multiple threes wide open. They're daring him to shoot it. We've talked about Chuma, Jalen, uh, Jabari, these fours who stretch the floor. You got to be able to hit that three. And, and it's great to see him doing that. I think he's, we've known he's super athletic. He's defending really well. He's, I think he, try, I think he gives great effort. He's frustrated. He cares. Like he, he gets really frustrated if he messes up an assignment or can't finish at the rim. Like I've really liked his body language and Jalen going down was a really good opportunity for him, even if he's going to be the backup moving forward, just for him to be, can he be one of those seven or eight offensive weapons? If he, if he can, like maybe it's not a guard who can take over the game, but we'll take all the guys who can score in creative ways and shoot. And I just want to give him a lot of credit because I had kind of um, not given up, but you know, we were kind of making fun of like, Oh, he was going to start like what? Like uh, clearly he showed the team some potential in the off season. And now you're kind of seeing it. And I think he's just, it's such a big jump, right? From division, you know, whatever to, to the SEC, but he's, he seems to be getting more comfortable and I, I love to see it. He, uh, this will sound funny, but I think before the Tennessee game, he had a bunch of pictures of his shirt off. Dude is jacked. I couldn't oh, believe yeah. how jacked he was. He just did not look that way on the court. He looked a little chubby even on the court, but he's not. He's super jacked and big. I think maybe part of the reason I thought that, because he's hitting threes now. He's hitting, he's grabbing some rebounds. Like he wasn't doing that necessarily before. Maybe it's a confidence thing that when he does get those open shots, he's cool with shooting them. And I'd love to see it. Hope he keeps doing it. The thing that might be the reason he's D2 and why he's not starting, and he's a little slow, I think. He's a little slow. And he, the, when he jumps, it takes him a little longer to jump. He doesn't have that quick twitch jump to go get some rebounds like we see from some of these guys. So that's kind of his deficiency out there that he can get blown by a bit, you know. He's gotten some some blocks at some point too. Did he get one tonight? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had he had a really good block against I think Donald a uh, connect guy from Tennessee where he just swatted mm-hmm. right out of his hand in a jump shot. So just a really great, uh, you know, you need these little guys, these backup guys to step up and get you games here and there with a couple points that make the difference. So Cheney Johnson's yeah. on that path. We knew KD was on that path. Sad to see Lior getting off the path, but you still have Chris Moore there. You, maybe we'll see Chris Moore do something. I don't know. You know, well, Cardwell, you know, you know, Cardwell, you know, Cardwell's got that backup role where he's going to go get you something. It might not be points necessarily, but he's going to get you something every game. Let's, let's give him credit. Six points, five rebounds in 15 minutes, no turnovers. Like just a really, he had some really nice, he had a couple big buckets. All right. As I recall. So, you know, Dylan, it's fat. It's, I call it found treasure. You know, with when Leor or Chris Moore or Dylan add and, and Cheney for a while, when those guys add to the scoring column, you know, that's that's a ni- 19 points tonight from those three guys, Leor, Cheney, and Dylan. That's huge. Dylan's going to be an interesting one in the offseason. I hate to like keep going back to the offseason, but we're getting close. <laughs> Dylan has one more year left. We don't know what happened with Janai. I hope they just both come back and that'd be amazing. I just, I wonder, I think Dylan, like, He's not a great offensive player or anything, but he's getting better every year. He's really solid on defense. He is getting a couple points here and there. If Janai leaves, like, I wonder if we roll with him as a starter. He kind of deserves it, honestly. And I know that's, like, tough to say in modern-day college basketball that you, like, give somebody seniority. But, like, 
I mean, you might, it might be the, the year to finally roll that dice and be like, all right, Dylan, you can go. We know you can go and start at UAB and go and start at MTSU and like be a really solid guy. Like, can you do an SEC? And he showed at the, against these, like anybody below the double by like fighting teams that he's actually pretty good. He'd get a couple points here and there. Like he's going to score at least, I don't know, four to eight points or something. It's the great teams that he just disappears during and gets in foul trouble during. And, you know, that's who we're trying to compete against. So I don't know. It's tough. And it probably, if we're honest, depends on if we can get Janai back with, with NIL and stuff. Like that's probably. If we get Janai back, I would not blame Cardwell for going and starting at a smaller team. I would blame him if he goes to another SEC team, no matter what that SEC team, same with Flanagan. But like if he goes and plays some mid major, I'll I'll be cheering for him. But hopefully about, we can get them both back. What about Aiden? Because I there was a little rumor floating today. Um, it wasn't a tweet, but I don't know if you're aware of Trilly Donovan. He's a very accurate, like very plugged in college basketball Twitter account. Um, and somebody was saying like in a Discord that that guy added uh Aiden Holloway to his potential transfers to what? Like this is an option. And, be fair, yeah. I called that out a game or two ago, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. like, I was giving you a five, shout out. These five star guys, they're people are yeah. all in their ears saying how great they are. And if they go somewhere and they're not great, that's not on them. That's on the coaches. And then on top of that, with the NIL money incentive, holy crap, that just doubles and triples. Cause now they're saying these, and it, it's true, these other schools would do it too. We do it also. Even if these five stars flop, when they go somewhere, if you hear that a former five-star, a freshman that was not bad, he's not bad, he's just not been a five-star type, if they're open to transfer, all of a sudden we're like, well, well, should we, how much you think? Like, we did this with Julian Phillips last year at Tennessee. We really wanted Julian before. We didn't get him. He left one and done to go be like a late first-round pick or early second. I can't remember what it was. And we were willing to drop the bag for him to come to Auburn and be our three-position guy. And people will be dropping the bag for Aiden if he wants yeah. to open that up. So sure. it just comes down to who's in his ear. And if he's got, if he thinks that he, if it's on him this year, if he think what do you, I don't know. It's tough. 18 year old, you know, I did have to add, as we're talking about this stuff, like Tahad Pettiford was there today. Who's our five-star point guard coming in. So, you know, like that also plays into it. Cause there's yeah. been talk of like, does he, is he going to run the point? Is Aiden going to play some two guard as a shooter? And like, then, yeah. And then Aiden can justify in his own mind and his parents or uncles or whoever's in his head. Now that not only did you have a great year because they didn't let you shoot as, or let you do this or that or whatever, now they want you to play the two position. No way, we're out, we're gone. You know, like all right. So forget it, that these kids they they can never do any wrong. It's all year to year. We also have the number one player in America on campus, but unfortunately for us, uh, he signed with Nike in some sort of weird like nil oh. high school endorsement deal. Are you kidding? Now, now, no, that's that's the real deal. So most people think he's going to. Kansas or wherever, or maybe not Kansas. I said know. that in our chat and people, and I think Ben was like, no, it's fine. I was like, no, yeah. these kids are getting insane NIL money these days. And we love Auburn and like, we could compete pre NIL. I know there's like shady stuff that was going on behind the scenes too, but like it, there was still this element of like, you can want to get to be clear the- to be clear. We're still competing in the NIL. We're, we're a top 20 program. Like we are, we are it's just different for these top, like five to 10 guys. Sure. Sure, they're getting sure. their the bags are dropping and then on top of that it used to be what you would say is do you want to win like twofold do you want to win and do you want us to develop you into a first round nba pick because we can do both of those now it's how much and then 
way down the list in I or like NBA prospect building and do you want to win the guy did say he wants to go somewhere he can win he wants to go somewhere where the family atmosphere and he wants to go somewhere he can be developed for the nba that so it's and super then he ironic. Signs a Nike and I <laughs> it's super ironic right if he says all that he's in auburn he's here for you know not the best atmosphere today but he's visiting auburn as one of his places it's been up there he's been we've been up there for him for years now it's just it you can't I think anybody with a rational mind will just have to be surprised if we get that kid, you know, like it's just, it's just, unless we switch to Nike, which we're also in the throes of like potentially switching. Please, please. I know we can get trouble for it, but we had the Under Armour guy on before the season, but like it's killing us. It's killing us now. Apparently. I mean, it used to be, Oh, don't get me started on the rants again. It's not. There was a guy at freaking Kansas that Adidas was dropping like 200 plus K on him to come to school there. Adidas was paying players to come to Kansas back before that was legal. And that's how people were losing players. And they never got in trouble for it a single day. They never got in trouble a single day for Adidas paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for players to come to their school. So now that it's legal, you know Adidas and Nike is dropping even crazier in funneling these players. And it's legal to tell them to go where to school and say, you're not getting a deal unless you go to those schools. So it's, I'm right. sorry, like Under Armour, keep up if you want to do this. Like, start signing some some high five star guys for us. Other than that, we got to go. Yeah. My, my my point would be we've we've won the most games in the SEC in the last seven years. So like we're 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 competing. Times they we're, be a changing. Times be a changing. Sure. I know. I'm just I'm just pointing out like you know we won the SEC two years ago. We're probably gonna come up just short this year. Like it. I mean, you're right, and it's certainly a factor. And it I think it just makes what Bruce and his staff have done even more amazing because I mean it really is something given all that well what else we got on the list here i can't stay on too much I, longer but yeah my only oh, here's, thing here's, is... here's the thing i want to talk about sorry i just i'm like a little out of it on this one i feel like but like uh so the chat there's people in the chat but less people than usual i put on reddit the mvp votes less people responded than usual i'll go ahead and give them their shout out though especially on reddit here there's only a couple people uh rose whiskey said berman for mvp man it's sad to see that injury uh, Bolt 585 says Berman for the respect, Denver Jones for the performance. Totally agree. A couple people in chat, Chris Thomas, Connor Feemster. Don't even see Pocket Watch tonight. And that's where I get to here to say this uh, farm farm dad is in here too. This was a trap game. Spring break. There was less people in the stands than usual. They allowed the general public to come into the student section. You can tell from the Reddits and from the chats, less people are engaged this this one, and it's totally fair. I myself was less engaged even watching because I knew that the SEC was on the line last game and this game, mm-hmm. sure, we would like to win it to get that double by. But even with winning it, we're doing our scenarios in our text group. We still aren't guaranteed a double by. So I'm kind of like this This one's the weirdest one because even next game or the next game, we'll see a clearer picture that like, oh, we are fighting for this or that, you know. But right now, yeah. like this game was definitely a huge chance at a letdown game. But our players and our coaches – weren't going to allow that. And on top of that, Mississippi State is fighting for their life to be in the NCAA. We might have knocked them out of the NCAA tournament today. And we've gotten used to making the NCAA tournament, but like, they're somewhat get used to it. Man, remember when Auburn couldn't make them? And these games were like a Super Bowl if you could get a win against a team like this and go to the NCAA tournament. And it's the same like that for Mississippi State right now. They don't go that often. And this would have been a big one. So just shout out to the fact that we pulled this off in a weird spot where most people aren't caring that much. And I'm sure our listeners will be way down but you lose a game like this mm-hmm. it would have been huge it would have mm-hmm. been oh my god how could we allow this and so it's just it's just a weird spot motivation wise this late in the season 
for sure. Um, it, it's it's a real credit. Our staff, we are just always so prepared. I, I just rarely watch us play a basketball game where it feels like we don't have an idea of what we want to do on both ends. And I, we watched a lot of basketball before Bruce where that was not true so often. Even if we had bad players, it just that the plan was never there. You never, the identity, the strategy, it just, it wasn't there. So my last thing I just want to talk about, you know, the SEC race, um, whether you're talking title or top four and what happened today and what's coming up tonight, uh, we're recording this before the Tennessee-Alabama game, but all the other contenders have played. So with our win over Mississippi State, we so let me nerd out, sorry. Uh, oh, we yeah. guaranteed ourselves top six or better mathematically. There's no way we can finish below six, which has not been true until today. Um, so we're at top six. Florida lost at South Carolina today. So we are now in a tie for fourth with Kentucky. Obviously, we do not have the tiebreaker against them. So we would be fifth as of today. Tennessee is going to Alabama tonight. Alabama finally got college game day. It's annoying. Hate it. So I think you and I are probably aligned that we're rooting for Tennessee on the road to beat Alabama and take sole like- possession of first place. I think Ben Ben's been putting together these like scenarios. Thank God, Ben. Shout out! I've got so it. I've got the scenarios. But it's just like the scenario feels like after the Kentucky Florida game, or the sorry, the Florida South Carolina game. It's Dunzo to try to cheer for some insane parlay that takes us to run away. But it's not crazy to do double no. buys, right? No, South South Carolina can win this thing. I mean, that, South Carolina can win ideal. this thing. But like we can no longer win this, right? We we can win. No, 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 no. Tell me scenarios here. Here's the path. So I'm I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, (laughs) so no. uh, So I'm rooting for Tennessee to go into Alabama and win. Partially because I don't want Alabama to win the conference. Partially because Alabama has an easier week of games after this than Tennessee does. Tennessee still has to play South Carolina and Kentucky after this. So the path for Auburn is whoever loses to uh, the Alabama Tennessee game has to win or lose one more time. Whoever wins tonight has to lose their last two. So the, the, the path would be Tennessee beats Alabama or either way, but Tennessee beats Alabama, Tennessee loses to South Carolina and Kentucky. And then Alabama has to lose one of their last two. And we have to win our last two. Who's their last uh, two. They're easier, right? Arkansas and somebody Alabama finishes at home against Arkansas it's an Mississippi state maybe let me check ben would have this on lockdown if he was here uh they play at florida oh that's a good one so so the path i mean look but then, but then like south carolina still has to they south carolina has to beat one of these teams and then they still have to lose a game right so correct south carolina also has to lose one that's out of the, the most exact thing that has to happen South Carolina Correct. has to beat one of these teams that, that played tonight, Alabama, Tennessee. Potentially. lose. Because if, let's say, Alabama wins, then Tennessee can beat South Carolina, lose to Kentucky, and that would clear up. Then we would need Alabama to lose at Florida and to Arkansas, mm-hmm. who, by the way, Arkansas, I mean, they're bad. They were up on Kentucky late in Rupp today. So they're bad, and I would not plan on them beating Alabama. But that that's the path, and – um auburn now this was the toughest one to get now we still got to go this, on the road if this all happens how many how many teams are we will we be tied with it would be alabama tennessee and auburn most likely it, maybe it, South it Carolina be, splitting it there is still a path for like a five uh, they're at least a four or five way tie and that's kind of what we would be angling at here okay, to I be love it so much i know personally it's because that's the only way auburn would get one 
yeah. the chaos and the fact that this this season just feels that even amongst yeah. the teams at the top it feels deserved that there would be a four or five team sec regular but, season and the last thing would I... break it i feel like it would break the league like they would have to they would change rules or something after it and not let How? that happen again would they change i don't the know rules? but they would they would do that's it's the same with overtime like oh no i'm not giving into that but like well let's be know. clear the most likely scenario is whoever wins tonight alabama tennessee might win the league outright like that would be the most likely scenario um especially if alabama wins i would say but if you're looking for like you know the other thing to keep in mind we have the tiebreaker head to head if it's a two-way tie it's only against south carolina so if you're looking there, there's a potential that we're looking at a tie for with south carolina for third or fourth or whatever which could be the double buy we don't want to be tied with kentucky at the end we don't want to be tied with florida at the end we don't want to be tied with tennessee at the end because we're not going to win those tiebreakers. Now, when it the if it gets to three teams tied, I, I honestly have no clue how they're gonna, how they decided. I know they have rules and, and tiebreaker scenarios, but I, that's where you lose me as a nerd. I don't know. Maybe but, it's double so digit the, wins. Whoever has the most double digit wins gets to be but, higher up, right? Hey, let's hope so. The <laughs> the the main thing for Auburn fans is like whoever loses tonight, no, whoever wins tonight, sorry, Tennessee Alabama has to lose their last two, like. So you become a, you know, a fan of whoever those two teams are playing, whoever wins, and that would be your path. But again, the main thing that we're trying to do is win our last two games. That should get us a double buy. It would be, I'm sure there's a weird scenario where we wouldn't get it, but I, I'm pretty sure if we win our last two, we're going to have double buy. Um, so that's, and that's a big deal. Again, if we're going to hear our- first folks if we win our last two matt is guaranteeing a double buy i'm comfortable i'm comfortable with it if we win our it's last gonna be two. brutal man it's gonna be absolutely brutal if we have this good of a year and can't get a double buy in the sec tournament especially since i we've we've talked about on this podcast so many times one of the most fun parts about college basketball in my opinion is played to our favor most of the time that you can win and have a great season in three different ways regular season mm-hmm. sec tournament and march madness if you get like Elite Eight or better, you've succeeded. I mean, Sweet 16 is still great, too, for a lot of teams. But, like, for us, Elite Eight or better, fantastic season. No matter whatever happened the rest of the season. Win oh, the yeah. SEC tournament, fantastic season. Hang the banner, get a ring. SEC regular season, the best season you could get. So I'm just saying, like, we need that. We would love to eat that double buy because now we have basically taken off our SEC regular season chance with a really good team. Time to see if we can win something else, you know? Yeah. And like the cool thing about the double buy is obviously you would play somebody in that, you know, five through eight range, which again, there's some really good teams there. But if you win one game, all of a sudden you're in the semifinals and you're the championships tomorrow and you, you you're in it, you know, like you said, mentally. So that's the fun part for from a fan perspective. Did you say elite eight's a good? Can, can we disagree that making the sweet 16 is a really good season anytime it happens? Can we? Can oh, we no, it's, yeah. Okay. okay. I guess like. I'm trying to think like if I guess if last season, you're right. Last season was not a super fun season, but if we had beaten Houston and gone to the sweet yeah. 16, the narrative on that season would have been different. So yeah, sure. I guess making the second weekend is a, is a big deal. I'm just trying That's to like thing. compare, like I would trade an sec tournament ring and an sec regular season ring for a sweet 16. Anytime that's by far the third tier in my opinion, but a yeah. lead eight, a final four, I think an elite eight beats an SEC tournament and a final four is either even with an SEC regular season or probably beats it's it on. Probably better. It's probably you better. just get a lot more clout. Like, like from a, from a us that ca- covers every game and is engaged with every game, 
the SEC regular season just gives us so much more thrill over time. But you get to a Final Four and you start getting friends you haven't heard from from the last like seven years. You get like coworkers that have vaguely know you went to Auburn being like, no way, dude. Let's watch the game together. I have you in the tournament. You're you're gonna you made my bracket be so good. You know, like you just get people don't care about the regular season. They don't even know who won the regular season, but casuals, you start getting a lot of respect, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean they want they want to come do- to they want to come to the New York Auburn bar with you. Like they they turn yeah. it becomes quite yeah. the spectacle, you know. I, I'm a firm believer, and Bruce has said this, you know, the sign of a great program, if you go back and look at Gonzaga and what they did and how they built, if you just start making second weekends, not every year, but a lot, you're a really good college basketball. You see what three second weekend seasons in a row did for Arkansas. Yeah. And the, the love that they get and the, the you know. we've you, that, That's really what it comes down to, right? Because we've gotten so much respect for what Bruce has built, but because we have not done second weekends consistently, it, we just have not gotten that like casual yeah, we, fan. We've only done it once when we went to yeah. the final. Four. We just not, haven't gotten that casual fan love that Arkansas has gotten because they remember those games. They remember being at the bar, having them in the bracket or whatever. So it would be a nice reversal this year to have some March luck after several so, years of missing it. My my last question would be, um, let me stop sharing. Are you uh, about to ask if I'm having fun? Well, no. Well, that'll be the <laughs> real last question. The my question. How like uh, you know what's the word like I I'm already scared to go to Missouri. They're winless in the league. It's Tuesday night at nine Eastern. We've seen it before, man. Like you said, uh, Arkansas and Rupp today. Like they're the worst yes. team. Arkansas and Missouri, the worst team in the league, and they still almost got Kentucky. Kentucky's got everything on the line, and it was at home. So yeah, Missouri can do that too. And they look like a YMCA team, but we come out in the wrong. Like this team, this league's too good at this point. You cut, yeah. even the best teams could come out on the wrong foot and be a little lazy and you're done. I, you know, I just wanted to, I saw earlier this week that before this Mississippi state game, our odds of winning all three were like 67%, which is pretty good to win all three, one on the road. Like, but I mean, really only 67% for these three. I didn't feel like these three, it feels like pretty high percentage, each one individually, right? NCAA tournament team on the road somewhere by the way missouri went to gainesville this past week and was in it in the last two minutes they lost by six so like we know shots fall and so i just want to we should go meet missouri but like you said on the road we just have learned over the years you cannot i mean our guys and our coaches have to take that seriously you know you know that missouri game it's just for for two things if we lose the missouri game you absolutely know with a hundred percent certainty that whatever parlay needed to happen to have us tied for an SEC ring will happen at that point. That would eliminate us. And the two, if you're listening this late in the podcast, you, you there's no way you're not going to watch probably because you're diehard enough to listen to this fan podcast all the way to the end. But just in case you were planning on being like, oh, I'm Missouri. We don't even know what's on the line. I might have to do something else that night. Whatever. I guarantee if you don't watch that game, we will lose it and you will check your phone or the box score at the end of the night and see that we lost it because people were engaged. So if you're on the East Coast, you better stay up. Stay up late Tuesday night. It's going to be fun. But I have to share and enjoy, this. And enjoy this team as long as we have them, enjoy honestly. It. Like, it's this almost is over. a fun team to watch. And so, like, enjoy another game with this team. And yeah, it can get this late in the year, it can get a little exhausting. I have something that's going to make you really happy, Jackson. That yeah. Did you see it already? Uh uh-uh. uh. We've shot over 40% the last three games, um, two of them on the road, 
over 40% from three. First time, three games in a row since November 2018. Wow. Early, early, early the final four team was the last time we did that. There's some of that bye week, man. It's just, I'll say it a thousand times now. It just sucks we didn't have the bye week before the Kentucky games. I just think we would have won that game. If we, it just feels like something clicked after the bye week. We needed the rest. It was a, it was the latest bye week, like you said, in the SEC. So I think hopefully we'll look up and say, yeah, we had the bye week. We got some rest and it changed the game. So, yeah, no doubt. All man. right, Matt, last question before we head out. You having fun? I'm having so much fun, and we love having you on the pod, Jackson. It's it's been it's been great. Welcome to the king, the king of the pod. Um, anyway, I'll no, be I'll be engaged probably the rest of the year, especially with March. So, all right, guys, yeah, thanks for coming in the chat. You know, War Eagle, War Eagle, everybody. <laughs>